welcome back, Kevin. It's a long time and uh, you've been very busy and so have I. So why don't we start with you? How's things going over in Canada? And by the way, for our uh, watchers who haven't um, met Kevin before, Kevin um, wrote several books on common law, which I read a few years ago. And basically he has been the inspiration for me starting up assemblies here in Australia. We now have about 40 something here in Australia and about 20 odd in New Zealand. And even in um, other, other places, they are also writing to me to ask. So Kevin, you've been a massive inspiration, not only to be, me, but to many others. And of course the work you've been doing in Canada is phenomenal. Um, why don't we start there? Well, it's uh, generally, it, it's um, spreading all over the world. Uh, I was just on a call today with people in Greece who are doing the same thing. We've got the book translated now into eight languages, and it's sparking the same kind of hundredth monkey response everywhere that people are realizing it's time to govern themselves in the face of this whole sick global system, right? So it's catching on everywhere. And Canada, of course, was the place a lot of it started um, and, you know, it's kind of epitomized right now with this trip by Jorge Bergoglio, mm. a.k.a. the Pope. Um, there's a whole uh, hidden aspect to this that came recently. We, we published this on a broadcast um, at republicofcanada.org. You can see it under breaking news. But under the guise of coming to apologize for their massacre of all these native children in these Catholic and other, you know, so-called boarding schools. He's sitting down in a place called Prince Rupert with the Chinese and they're signing a deal that's going to give over $700 billion in Vatican bank funding to underwrite the Chinese takeover of North America, basically all the, the resources, the oil, the gas, the road infrastructure, everything just being bought up with Vatican money. And um, they've even blocked off all the roads leading to Prince Rupert. So no reporters, no people can get in there. It's like lockdown. And um, th these places, now I know that in Australia, China has its eyes on you guys as well. That China owns us. So I think that it's time really for people to uh, unite across a lot of the differences and as patriots, people who want to own their own country, retain their culture, retain their traditions of governing ourselves. Um, ourselves right <laughs> absolutely and to this end you know while we've been setting up all these common law assemblies in australia we realized that in some ways the people who are coming on board were all on board but then the people who were in other groups um didn't want to know so we've come up with a new idea now and we've written a thing called um, freedom 22 and it's based on vaclav haval's czechoslovak document uh which he published oh, yeah. in 77 and uh basically it lays out why we're in this situation and then we sign this document so that we can um tell the government to step down oh, yeah. they are illegal and i'll send you a copy of it we, we're just finalizing it now but this document will go out and we'll be asking millions of australians to sign it as a as a a demonstration that they want change. Yeah, we're preparing now to put that up on a website, a separate website, which will have nothing to do with commonlaw.earth. 
Um, and you'll be able to sign this document online and you will receive a certificate of your uh, signature with the, um, the, the, the Freedom 22 document. So, and we believe that once this starts going around all over the world, uh, because it is a worldwide document, it's going to contribute a lot to waking people up and getting rid of these governments. They're all criminal governments. It's got to go. And I read that article you wrote about Bergoglio, the, the Pope. Boy, oh boy. Mate, not only was that a masterpiece, it was an eye-opener, and I knew some of it, but boy, you really got into it. Tell us a bit more about all of this. What's he done in the past? Well, to give you an example, I mean, a lot of people know about his Argentine past. He was friends with the generals there. You know, his own priests were being carted away and murdered. Uh, he was good friends with the, the guy who set up these death squads, a guy called Jose Rega, and the, the dictator of uh, General Videla. They were killing 30,000 or more of their own people. And here, Bogoli was going around painting them as these nice guys. So he's kind of a spin doctor from way back with a lot of blood on his hands. But the other thing that came out over the years working, we've developed a lot of context and including sources in the church and other places. And um, there's two big factions between Ratzinger, kind of the traditional pro-Western Pope, and the New World Order Pope Bergoglio, who's in bed with China. Uh, that's why Joe Biden kind of went over to Rome recently and pleaded him not to transfer all this Vatican money and gold out of the U.S. and Italy over to China, which is what they're doing. Um, but one of the things that we discovered from a Dutch journalist, Alastair, is for the last number of years, the Queen of the Netherlands has been paying Bergoglio something like $16,000 a month. Um, and we're wondering, like, what does she have to do? Why would she be paying the Pope all this money, right? So it turns out she's from Argentina as well. Her father was in the junta, and he got uh, forced to resign from the cabinet because it turns out he was involved in the disappearance of children in Buenos Aires. Well, these children were going into the cathedral where Bergoglio, the present pope, was the archbishop. And we know that these satanic rituals operate under the cover of the church. He was implicated. Um, this is some kind of hush money that uh, Maxima Zoriageta is her name. She's the queen of the, the Netherlands. And it shows you how corrupt and high level these connections are. Mm. And, um, you know, like this, this beast doesn't change its spots. It, it's always the same kind of corruption. And um, a lot of people in there, I just got a call from a group of Catholics who just quit. And they said, look, we still have our faith, but we're not going to be tied to Rome anymore. And I said, that's good, right? Another reformation, just cut off ties with Rome, take back your, your, your church and your belief and let's unite you know, and defend our children and our liberties and all that. So this is really provoking an incredible thing that's helping your work and all our work because it's about stopping these crimes by by doing it ourselves, right? Not waiting for the authorities who are all in bed with these criminals, right? Yeah, exactly. And now, a word from our sponsor who helps keep these podcasts going. Dick Yardley's book, Australian Political and Religious Leaders, Treason, Treachery and Sabotage. Dick exposes how Whitlam, Hawke, Keating, Goss, Rudd and all the other Fabians have destroyed our manufacturing and agriculture. If you want to know exactly how they have done it, get Dick's book at advanceaustralia.com.au and click on merchandise. Knowledge is power. Get the power to fight the corruption today.
Now, you put uh, the Pope on trial, didn't you? In fact, you put two Popes on trial, maybe more. Is that correct? Well, that, yeah, that's in a way what really triggered um, the whole common law movement because people saw that it worked. It was in, it came out of this long campaign we did in Canada for many years um, after the government stepped in and, and uh, done, did their spin on the residential school mass murder. Uh, I got pretty much blacked out of Canada, but I, this was around 2009. And, but then I got invited over to Ireland to set up with survivors there of these church crimes. We set up an international tribunal of crimes of church and state, and that formed a common law court in 2012 that put Ratzinger and, and others, top church and state officials, put them all on trial for these crimes. We had a lot of hard evidence. We had eyewitnesses. We did this common law court case. It found these guys guilty. Ratzinger stepped down two weeks before our verdict came out because the Spanish government had found out about what we're doing, and they used this to say to Ratzinger, if you come to Spain, you could face arrest because you were signing letters ordering bishops to cover up all of these crimes, right? And they had all the letters and everything. So we levered him out of power, and he's been in for nearly 10 years. He's been sitting there in the Vatican afraid to come out because everyone knows that a, a common law court, a citizen's tribunal, their verdicts can be acted on by other courts. So any court in the world can issue an arrest warrant against this guy, mm. and he knows it, right? Um, and that's the power. Suddenly people say, whoa, wait a minute. If you could bring down the Pope, we could go after anybody. And it was an incredible kind of inspiration to people. Mm. And that's when we started the whole common law, you know, the literature around it, writing the books and encouraging people to just try it in their own countries because every everyone's situation is different they have a different history but it's a common idea right that we're born we're sovereign beings who are born with these liberties they're not given to us they can't be taken away right that's correct and actually uh, we were approached a few months ago by somebody in new zealand and he has been busily working over there organizing it they've now got i think he said 24 assemblies the last time i spoke to him um great uh, what they're developing over there is slightly different to Australia because um, Australia has a constitution which came into force on January the 1st, 1901. It was actually enacted in 1900, but um, when by the time it got over here to Australia and we celebrated uh, Federation Day on January the 1st, 1901. Um, but um, we are going to go back to that constitution and then we're going to work together to amend that through a series of very carefully considered referendums. But New Zealand is different because they were a dominion for many years, like uh, Canada, and they never had an actual constitution. They had treaties with the Maori people, the, the original inhabitants, but most of those treaties were, were signed under the gun too. So. They're um, developing common law, but it's slightly different to the one that we're developing here in Australia. And of course, this is all new to us. So we're, we're feeling our way gently, but the way things are going now around the world and here, we are ramping up things. And our next assembly meeting, which is in a couple of weeks, uh, we've invited uh, a few people from the Gold Coast to come up here because they're a little bit up ahead of us now in terms of developing a common law court. So they're coming up here to train us, and then we will train up more assemblies, and we're going to start putting these politicians and criminals on trial, just like you did. And you know, you know, the uh, often we hear the comment, "Oh yeah, but you know, you've got no authority and you've got no power." Well, we have the authority of the people, 
and we have the power, as you say, of the courts. The big problem now in Australia is that our courts are so corrupt, we can't even get into them. I've been banging on the federal court door now right. uh, for over a year. And finally, there's uh, three cases, actually four cases, that we uh, filed with the federal court, one in South Australia, one in New, Z uh, New South Wales, and two up here in Queensland. I filed two cases. So finally, last couple of weeks ago, the New South Wales version of the federal court actually allowed our filing to go ahead. So what we're doing now is we're combining, combining all of the filings from each state into a, a, a solid case. And it's the same, same case, basically. We're charging the government with treason, malfeasance, and all sorts of other crimes. And eventually, now we, we will get a hearing in court. And when that happens, I think the floodgates will open. So it's very exciting. And I'm, I'm really excited to be part of it. But this is all because of you. Yeah, you know, well, one of the things that we've learned is that we're, we're holding these international Zoom conference calls more and more. Uh, we had people from eight countries on the other day, including Italy, a lot of European countries. Um, we want to involve you folks in that. Uh, we want to um, learn from each other because one of the things you find time and again is that it's the same process all over the world. A lot of people in the system know it's corrupt, know it's sick, but they don't see a working alternative. Hmm. Until people see that alternative, you're kind of de facto stuck in the old. And um, we find that we're almost at a tipping point now where police and others are, they've even signed up in Canada and are a republic. They're, they're, they're citizens. They've renounced the old oath of allegiance. And now they're ready to go. And w when you reach that point, critical mass, then something's change really quick. And we've got to be prepared to provide the leadership because people are going to be saying, well, what do we do now, right? Yeah. So I think it's what you're describing, building on the ground, the working alternative, it's really essential right now. Mm. What, what form of self-government do you envisage for Canada? Well, right now, kind of the model we're using is um, that it's, it's based in the local assemblies, chartered assemblies of 12 or more people. Um, we find in practice that building cell groups first is, is the best way to operate. And then when they're confident with each other, they unite and form an assembly, um, especially with the degree of harassment, infiltration, disruption that's gone on in the past. It's, it's a more secure way to operate. Um, eventually, those assemblies will call a national constitutional convention and, and establish the kind of government they want. Mm. Um, I know Republic is kind of a, a possible strip, but it's, it's an idea that has never been even looked at in Canada. Mm. Um, and we, if we have to look at a model, it would definitely be the American constitutional tradition where it said that people are the source of authority, not government. Government arises from the people and is always accountable to them. Um, and so we're kind of, that, that's kind of like our orientation. But what we realize is that there's so many different models that can work that we have to stay open um, to what's going to work mm. in a way that, uh, you know, we have this common enemy, this whole corporatocracy, which is superseded governments, um, and it, it's it's deliberately almost lobotomizing people to their own power and to even the idea that you, you don't have to go along with the authority or statute, you know, without your consent. So a lot of education is necessary on the ground. And that's mm. it's a full time job, as you know, to do that. Right. 
Yeah, it is. And that's why our slogan is educate, facilitate, activate. Education is key. Now, I want to share the screen with you because I'd like to explain um, what our plan for the future is, because I think it's very important that we have a plan for the future. Um, so we have a, a plan, a five-point plan, and you can find this on advance-australia.com.au. And the first step is to amend our constitution. Now, our constitution is section 128, gives all voters the right to binding citizens-initiated referendums. Uh, the problem is our founding fathers, when they wrote the constitution, didn't look ahead and they gave only the parliament the power to start a referendum and they're not doing the job. So that would be the first step. We put the power into the hands of the people to initiate referendums. And coupled with that will be a secure online voting system. And it's based on the blockchain. And that will give us the ability to vote anywhere, anytime. And that will give us a much more flexible and stronger democracy. At the moment, we have uh, three-year big bang elections here and they make all these promises and never do anything. But this system will enable us then to reform the electoral system through a carefully considered constitutional referendum. And what we'll do is we will reduce the size of the electorates. Now, the, the assemblies are the ideal size or the ideal way to do this. And we are going to limit the number of people in an assembly to 5,000 voters. And then we will com combine 50 of those assemblies to create a regional government. Now, we have state governments which do nothing for us. So the regional governments will be uh, represented by the people from each electorate, one person from the electorate. So 5,000 people, that person will be known by a lot of the people. And so we'll elect them to the regional government and then they will be directly accountable back to the voter. And they can be recalled and replaced if they don't do the job properly. Mm -hmm. And of course, having the um, voting app, we'll be able to decide on important questions affecting the nation and our com communities immediately a decision is required. So that's the, the basic um, uh, structure that we're looking at. I won't go into the rest of it because you can read that later on. How does that sound? Would that work in Canada? Well, all of, the, all of that is completely compatible. I was looking at the five points. It's all compatible with constitution. We're thinking along very much the same lines, um, including about taxation. Uh, we lower in our constitution of the Republic, we lower voting to 16. We have local self-governance along the lines you're describing. Uh, single tax, abolishing income tax. You know, there was so much wealth produced in Canada every year that if it was divided equally, everybody would get about a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. And yet all of that huge wealth is being pumped out mostly to China now. And it's a matter of taking it back. So one of the first measures we often pass in assemblies is we nullify federal tax, we keep it in the community. We take back the money, we take back the wealth for all the people, right? So I think we're, we're very much working on the same, in the same direction, yeah. Absolutely. And now, a word from our sponsor, who helps keep these podcasts going. Redpillhosting.com is your one-stop shop to buy your perfect domain name. Then get your own hosting server, or by our easy-to-use website builder from just $8.99 a month. Yes, you heard that right. Just $8.99. Building your own website can feel like a daunting task. Who wants to deal with code anyway? Website Builder makes it simple to create a modern, 
professional website with no technical knowledge required. Share your passion online. With redpillhosting.com you get responsive mobile design, professional website hosting, rapid page load performance, secure SSL, 24-7 support, and much more. Do you need a shopping cart to go with that? We have just the right one for you. What sort of server do you need to host your website? We can advise you on the best solution for your needs. Choose Linux, Windows, or VPS hosting. Select what type of back office management system you need, from cPanel, Plesk, or WordPress hosting. No matter what you need, redpillhosting.com is the place to get it. Visit us at redpillhosting.com whenever you need us. And it's funny, you know, we keep on talking about China. Um, we have exactly the same problems here. They, they own the largest body of water in Australia, up in the northwest there in the Kimberley. Um, it's got more water than Sydney Harbour. And they own it lock, stock and barrel. They bought it off of the government, right. didn't buy it off us, the people. Right. And they fly in the workers to farm it. And everything that they produce goes back to China. Right. Your politicians who allowed that should be put on trial for treason. It's like in, in, in Canada, Trudeau signed the Foreign Investment Protection Act, which allows China to station their troops on Canadian soil to protect their investments, to buy up no limit on Chinese investment. They just mm. remove the lid. If yeah, that well, isn't treason, then what is, right? We have the same thing here. Exactly yeah. the same thing. I mean, the, the Chinese have been coming in, buying up property all over Australia. They bought out thousands of farms. You know, um, 30 years ago, we had over 400,000 farmers. Now we've got 40,000. That's a yeah. massive drop. It's terrible. Same pattern. Yeah. yeah. We are anticipating that the government is going to lock us down within the next three weeks. What, would what you kind think? of lockdown? Well, just total lockdown. You don't go out, you don't go anywhere without permission. This is all part of the Agenda 21. What would you suggest that our Assembly members can do to, uh, to put a stop to this? You plan a defiance campaign. You just encourage people to systematically defy it and resist it at every point and, and, and learn how to back up each other when that happens. Mm. One of the first things we form in, um, in cell groups or assemblies is urgent action response networks. So you have one or two sheriffs, and they have a list of five or ten people who can instantly respond if the cops come to somebody's door, if, if anybody is attacked, when you can defend each other, then you build on that. If you can't defend each other, it's hard to think bigger, right? So we have to, the first thing we have to look at is our own self-defense and the defense of our community. We're the majority. We can shut them down at any point. So, you know, we need some planning before it happens. Um, but uh, one way to do that as well is to approach the police, get them on board. Um, you know, there's movements all over the world of getting police and soldiers to take oaths, saying that it will not be used to enforce draconian measures on the people. Get them to come to your training workshops. Make those links now. No. Um, so, I mean, those are just a few ideas. I'm sure you've thought about all that, but it's yeah. it's a matter of realizing that it's sooner than later now. Our assembly, for instance, has got a plan of action ready. Now, at the same time, we're all, we've already... Um, got at least one, maybe two people now with farms nearby, and they have agreed to set up community farms so that we can go up there and grow our vegetables and share that amongst our, our assembly members. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of things here. 
So, you know, believe me, we're right on track with it. <laughs> I think you've frozen again, Kevin. Can you just, there it is, yeah, you're back. <laughs> um, Kevin, anything else you'd like to mention? Funny Hi, enough. sorry for, for not being in touch more often with you, but let, let's, uh, let's do it. Yeah, well, you, you and I are both very busy, so that's okay. Um, funnily enough, you mentioned there that you're working with Greece. Uh, I had an email a couple of months ago from Greece asking how they could set up assemblies. So obviously you've stepped in there and, and sorted that one out. I've also heard from Italy, Spain, uh, France, Holland, Norway, Finland, and Russia. So, you know, this whole idea is spreading worldwide. Yeah, let's share our contacts and, and let's share our contacts and link people up. We mm. can talk offline about that, but we definitely need to do this. Yeah, good. All right, all right mate. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure talking with you. And Thank you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mate. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Okay, brother. Please donate to support your common law organization. Running a common law system takes many man hours and a lot of hard work by many people. We are all volunteers. So, your support is invaluable and needed. It will help pay for hosting the websites we provide to educate, facilitate, and activate. As well as domain names, add-on programs, organizing events and assemblies, printing, and much more. Visit our website commonlaw.earth and click on Donate. Thank you.